You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pod where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of mass significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no All that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go Guys, this is the TSR Podcast. My name is Jacob Patterson. I'm the founder and CEO of Scouting Report. I'm here with my co-host, Bo McCauley. What's going on, Bo? Oh, not much, man. Uh, how you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Hey, Bo, uh, give you a plug so everybody out there knows where to find you at. <clears throat> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at TSRBo, and that's capital TSR lowercase b-e-a-u and i also do a little contributing writing for a site called last word on profootball.com so you could go there and find some of my stuff under the sealers tab all right guys and you can find me on twitter at scouting llc and you can find tsr on instagram at scouting underscore llc but anyway we're going to jump right into some stuff here bo first thing i want to talk to you about man i want to talk to you about this mvp race we got going on i think it's a two uh, two horse race what are you thinking i i mean it's pretty i think that's pretty clear at this point i mean i don't know how it could be anyone but i think the guys we're talking right now are lamar and russell I don't, I don't see how it could be anyone but sure. that. Yeah, I don't I don't see how there's much of a race. I, we're watching right now. Uh, Deshaun Watson could be a guy that could step in late if he could. I don't know if the Texans could rattle off a few games here. I mean, the Colts defense, oof. Yeah, well, basically, basically, Bo, the way I see it is, is I think when you look, you, you know, you break it down, I think Russell Wilson probably – when you like step back and look at what he's playing with, probably deserves the award, but I think Lamar is going to get the award because Russell Wilson isn't as flashy. And I think uh, I think people are just kind of drawn to the flashiness of a player nowadays. You know, um, I don't know, just the way they talk, the way they wear, you know, the way what they wear, um, basically the way they play the game. It's all about flashiness nowadays, and I think that's what draws people in, and that's what gets votes. Um, but here, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of some crazy stats for Lamar Jackson right now. Oh, God. So, uh, I want you, no, just listen to this. All right, so right now, his breakaway percentage is 56.6, and it is 6% higher than the number two person behind him, which is LaShawn McCoy. His elusive rating is 159.9, and that is 40 points higher than the number two man behind him, and that's Duke Johnson. And basically what this means is, is even when a defender gets close to him, they're still not able to make a play on him. <laughs> the the guy can – it's just eluding tackles, and you just cannot get a hand on him or, or make a play on him when he's running by you. The, the play he made last – Last week against the Texans was unbelievable where he leaked out to the left. And I, th- I think he broke six tackles going for like a 30, 40 yard run. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it's I'm, a, I'm a Steelers fan and it's some weeks it's, it's incredibly hard to watch, but it's fun to watch at the same time. It's one of those you can't look away factors when you watch Lamar. That's for sure. All right. Which run was better? You think you think the Texans run or <laughs> you think the Bengals run? With the, what with the spin move? Is that, yeah, is that the spin, spin move? move. Which one do you think? Oh gosh, dude. I mean, I think the Texans run was harder because of the amount of broken tackles and like, I mean, he. I can't remember who it was that he put a, his finally planted his left foot and juke somebody's. Like the first broken tackle was unbelievable. I put that guy on it's skates. Crazy. Yeah, but the the Bengals one was so flashy. It reminded me of. Do you remember Braxton Miller's spin move when he was on the tech. Texans? Oh uh, well, do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Didn't they play that game 
in like Texas or Dallas or something like that. Maybe that's yeah, it was something crazy. Was it, it was, like a, was a, it the opening game of the season? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I remember that. I remember when uh, Braxton Miller did that, man. That was crazy. That's what it reminded me of the second I saw it. I was like, that is some Braxton Miller stuff right there. Hell yeah. Well, here's the, <laughs> let me get you with two more stats there. I'm about to blow your mind. All right. Oh, so you've God. probably heard this one. So Lamar Jackson is the second QB since 1950 to post a perfect passer rating twice in the same season. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I think that's crazy. Basically because <laughs> – coming out this guy was supposed to be you know he should have been a running back or a wide receiver that's what everybody wanted him to be they said he couldn't make it in the nfl as a passer and obviously he's making people look foolish left and right okay then who's the guy that he's basically compared to constantly okay he's compared to michael vick yes he is on he's on pace right now to break michael vick's rushing record that stood since 2006 by about 200 yards and the crazy mm-hmm. thing about that is, in that year when uh, Vic set that record, he was he was the thirty second <laughs> ranked passer. Okay, so he was much more dangerous on the ground than he was, you know, throwing the ball through the air. Lamar is the fifth rated passer in the league right now. Jesus, which is insane. That, you're, like, you're you're honestly breaking my as a Steelers fan, my heart just breaks when you read these stats because <laughs> we're the Steelers are gonna he's. I'm not one of those people that believes that Lamar Jackson is going to be a one-hit wonder. I think Lamar Jackson is here to stay as long as his body holds up. Cam Newton did it for the better part of a decade, and I think Lamar Jackson is making more people miss than Cam Newton was. Uh, I don't think he, he's getting hit a lot, but is he getting hit more than Cam Newton? Is he is he intentionally taking hits the way Cam Newton used to take hits? Uh, what do you think? So Okay, so the way I see that is, okay, you got Cam Newton, obviously, like, an incredible athlete, you know, for like Freak. you said, the better Humongous. better part of a decade, he was like the athlete in the NFL. Oh, and he okay. won an MVP. It's incredibly exactly. hard. Exactly. Okay, I got I got okay. We're gonna we're gonna put a pin in that because let me come back to that. All okay. right. Lamar Jackson, like you said, is he taking as many hits as Cam? No, I think <laughs> the the Panthers used Cam the wrong way, and I think that's why we see him in the position he's in now. Uh I think basically they would run him as kind of almost like a bruiser. Like the guy would like accept hits, take them because he could just run you over. And, you know, clearly we've seen that now take a toll on his body. Um, Lamar is just so elusive. I feel like, you know, he's making guys miss, which is Cam was never that elusive. It was more like he's bigger, stronger than you, and he's going to run you over. I mean, Um, he definitely, he definitely would make a guy miss in the play, but I would, I would agree with. I mean, he would make. It's not like we're going to sit here and say Cam Newton can't juke you because I mean, of course Cam Newton. No, no, of course Cam. Yeah, Cam can juke you, but like you're, you're right. I mean, six foot, what six two hundred and you know forty pounds, and he's pure muscle. I mean, he, he's going. He would like to go through you as much as around you. I think it's, it all depends on the play, but I think his instincts do say, I'm going to go through this man right here instead of around him. At yeah, least it used to. And the crazy thing is, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here right now and say that Lamar Jackson is a better thrower of the football than Cam Newton. But I think that Lamar has already shown progress in, in that, you know, that point of his game because they were saying that he was inaccurate. Um, a guy even said it this year. You know, I was reading on Twitter. There were guys still saying that he was inaccurate, and I'm pretty sure in that game he didn't complete like 13 passes without an incompletion. But yeah, I, and I think they do a really good job of drawing up passes that are successful for him. They do. They do. They really it's, do. They know how to scheme it up for him. Uh, 
do you okay, let me ask you, so you, well think, you think he's scheme dependent? Would you say that Lamar Jackson no. is scheme dependent? No, because I think Lamar Jackson, if you bring scheme dependent means like you come in and you don't have success unless that coach puts you in a position to. I think Lamar Jackson is so good that he puts the coaches in a position where they just got to call plays. I wouldn't say to his strengths, but, but like he makes them look good. You almost, you have to change your game plan to fit how good of an athlete he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Basically he changes the way you coach basically, not the other way around. Like you don't, their coaching doesn't change the way he plays. I think his play, his play saved John Harbaugh's job. Wouldn't you agree? And the, and the OC. I I mean, he, they complete offense Look at Joe Flacco in that offense. Look at Lamar Jackson in that offense. They it's two different worlds, in, in my opinion. I mean, they're going under. They were under center with Joe Flacco trying to drop back and throw passes out of play action that were just not going to work. He's too slow. He's he doesn't have the feel for the pressure that he used to. You can see it in Denver. I mean, as soon as the first hint of pressure through the line. He's trying to let go of that ball, and it's definitely not to the right person. I mean, most of the time, as you can see, they got some kid named Brandon Allen starting up there now. Yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson is – there's a reason that he's staying there. There's a reason Harbaugh kept his job. There's a reason their OC still has a job. Okay, it's because so let me he came in this. and kept it. Is, is Lamar Jackson your MVP right now? <clears throat> Gosh. You know, your, um, your vote or your vote holds some weight. I think – my vote was wait. So I'm saying, um, yeah, if you're in that position, if, you, if you I had to chance. turn, if I had to turn a ballot in right now, I would honestly give it to him because the way that he did the Patriots, the way that they beat, honestly, and then he doesn't have me. The Marcus Peters trade has helped them in 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 so many ways. It's allowed their front their front seven to play with so much more comfort and like it's like there's they know there's a safety net behind them now that I don't think they knew was there before. And yeah. that's you know they're they're going to keep just molly whopping teams. Unfortunately, I think the Steelers are going to get dragged by them unless RG3 started in week 17. So yeah. So okay, so Bo, you you've now told me that Lamar Jackson will be getting your um, your right vote. now, right now, okay, yeah. right now, well, right Russell now, I'm gonna carry his team for sure. But I think if, if today I had to, t- I had to turn in a vote on Yahoo.com for the fan vote for MVP. It would be, it would be Lamar Jackson. All right. Well, what I'm about to do now, Bo, is I'm going to try to tell you. I'm gonna, well, not try. I'm going to tell you some stats, some crazy stats about Russell Wilson right now. Okay, and see if it sways you at all. All right. Okay. So right now, Russell Wilson, we know who that guy is. He's quiet. He's clutch. Just an awesome guy in general. Um, you know, so basically, right now, Russell Wilson has 23 touchdowns to two interceptions. All right. He's in the top five in passing yards. He leads the league in touchdown passes. He leads the league in touchdown to interception ratio. And he leads the league in passer rating. All right. He's leading this team to an eight and two record. And they have a – I'm not going to say mediocre because um, it's a Pete Carroll defense, and that's never really a mediocre defense. But they're an average defense. All right. They're, they're probably Clowney, – Clowney definitely made them better. And I did it made not them better. He would. Yeah. I did not think he would, but he did. Uh, well, come on. Okay. Clowney is going to improve any defense. I mean, do you think the te- the Texans – I mean, yeah, I mean, Clowney was in, it was in Houston not long ago. Do you think their defense really is that much different without him? I mean, I still think they, they weren't that just, great I, when he was there. They're not that great Okay, now. I agree with you. I agree with you. He was better think, when Watt was on the field. Okay, when, yeah. When he had well, someone taking attention away from him, but with the way he I isn't carrying a defense. 
I think the Texans defense has holes all over the place. Uh, I think that's just that's just the Texans defense. Uh, I mean, it, it all it seems like it always has been the Texans defense, and injuries I feel like always decimates them as well. Of course, of course. But here's where here's where I'm really going to get to you with this Russell Wilson um, um, subject right here. All right, so basically. He has had five game-winning drives and four fourth-quarter comebacks this year alone. Okay, he is doing this with his one veteran pass catcher, which is Tyler Lockett, a rookie DK Metcalf, who is good. I'm not taking anything away from DK Metcalf, but he's it, a rookie. Okay, yeah, yeah still got uh, work. Is it, is it Jacob Hollister at tight end? Is that his yes. name? I know it's Hollister. Yeah, Jake, it's Jacob. Jacob Hollister. I've heard okay. people say like like I don't know Holster, but it's definitely Hollister. It's definitely Hollister. It's definitely that that store that you know yeah. uh, thirteen year olds used to shop at. All right, listen. He doesn't even have his starting <laughs> tight end. Okay, Will Disley got hurt earlier in the year, and they they lost him for the season. All right, and then think he about was the, looking good too. He was looking good, and then they also Doug Baldwin, the guy that he has thrown to for most of his career, who has been a safety blanket, because we all know how good Doug Baldwin was, literally was basically kicked from the team this past offseason. Because I he think kicked, he, might not he might not play in the NFL again. He probably won't. He probably won't. But, okay, so you, so you lose your starting tight end. You lose the guy that has always been there catching balls for you. You know, Tyler Lockett isn't – I mean – where do you think people put Tyler Lockett in the wide receiver rankings in the NFL? Middle of the pack, maybe below he's, it. He's definitely underrated. Okay, he's under. He is underrated, but yeah, obviously on. DK Metcalf was a big pickup. It's not like Chris Carson has been an all-world running back this year, right? Do you know what I would do to have Tyler Lockett lace it up this weekend for the Steelers on the outside? They are absolutely desperate for an outside threat. Speaking of outside threats, DeAndre Hopkins just caught a 37-yard touchdown down the uh, down the left side deep bomb pretty much. Just just a go route straight up the field. But yeah, I, I would love to see Tyler Lockett as a burner. Russell Wilson loves him. He's I, he's honestly got he's no I thought he would just be a kick returner. You know, he was such a good kick returner when he first came in the league and I didn't know he would come out to be this good of a receiver. I mean, Doug, Doug Baldwin probably had something to do with that. Wouldn't you think mentoring him a little bit? Yeah, Doug Baldwin was one of the best uh I loved watching him like run his routes. His like get off off the line was like you know, you unstoppable. The guy was just so like technically um like sound with what he did. And I've I mean, always just been a big fan of Doug Baldwin. It keeps it, it's it's something about like being on the Seahawks. If your if your name's not Richard Sherman, most of the time you keep <laughs> you keep your mouth shut and you're a quiet guy and you just ball. Like that, that, that's the 49ers that's like the defense right. definitely slowing down with Richard Sherman now. The age is catching up to them. Yeah, I know it really is. But basically, <laughs> so okay, so you give me your pick. I don't know how much any of that just changed your mind uh it, i think it I think kind he, of it kind of does but like there's just a whole i think there's a whole category lamar can't be far behind in a lot of those ratings he's got to be top five in some of those ratings and lamar has that whole rushing category just absolutely just by a long shot it's just obliterated that whole category i mean well, basically it's just, you got to you know, think about I, it when he breaks Bick's record people are going to lose their minds like, like you're going to think it's the damn apocalypse he's going to make it look win. easy 
Yeah, yeah, he's going to make it look easy, and people are going to lose their minds over it, and they're going to be like, oh my god, like, let me take my ticket right now to the voters' box, and I'm going to vote for Lamar Jackson because he just broke Vic, broke Vic's record. How many That's years exactly do you how. think he can sustain running like this? I mean, I mean, because uh, I, I think shit, you agree he's, not taking he's any hits. If he's not taking any damn hits, I mean, yeah. the sky's the limit. The guy could do this for eight or nine years, but obviously, you know, you're not going to be that elusive forever. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, he's got to be top five in the league in broken tackles. Defensive <laughs> coordinators are going to figure out ways to like shut him down. Um, you know, a lot of it's like a lot of the problem is he's just so fast. You know, it, it, obviously we all know what it means to set the edge, you know, against a, a mobile quarterback. But he's so fast and so agile that, you know, he, even if you're if you set the edge perfectly, it doesn't matter. The guy is going to get by you. He's going to outrun you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's the hard it's, part about that is having two guys on one team that can set the left and the right edge. They're like, got like teams like Denver. They have Von Miller locking down one side of that, of that, you know, of that defense. No problem. Is, is Chubb playing the other side? I think, he, isn't he hurt right now? Chubb towards ACL. He's up for yeah. the year. Yeah. I mean, and Von Miller's still out there. Is he? <clears throat> Von Miller's still out there. Miller's yeah, I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson, yeah, Vaughn might set the edge, but he can just take it to the other side of the field and beat you on that. And it's incredibly hard the NFL to keep to keep your edges at a you know at really a, I guess is. keep them settable. Keep keep guys out there that can compete, honestly. Against but a like, starting tackle too. Like you said, I'm giving my vote to Lamar Jackson. Um yeah, I like wait, that. it kills me not giving it to Russell Wilson because I feel yeah. like there's been other years that he definitely deserved it too or deserved a lot of like attention for the award and he never gets it. But uh I think you know, Lamar, the way he's performing this year, you just gotta give it to him. But basically next up, um, Bo, I wanna talk to you about Miles Garrett. Um the, yeah, I'm sure you have like your own feelings about this, seeing as it involved your your team, the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. Um, basically, tell me what you thought about the incident with Miles Garrett, um, Mason Rudolph, and you know what you think should be the punishment moving forward. You know, should he should he win his appeal? You know, um, well, the appeals are over now. The appeals are over now. So, so basically, if anyone's behind, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, Miles yeah. Garrett lost Time his. Catch up. He lost his appeal. Um, yeah, now I yes, know I know Pouncey had his suspension reduced by one game. It went from three games to two games. And and I expected that completely because you can't let him go play the Cleveland game. You just you I mean you can't after the fight in Cleveland you can't suspend Miles Garrett indefinitely. Even though I think the CBS says you can't give indefinite suspensions to players. That's going to be yeah. That's going to be the interesting thing to list to watch play out is how. The players get the players association gets behind Garrett with this indefinite suspension thing. So eyes on that. And I think I mean <clears throat> Rudolph, I mean, this is something that triggers a lot of Steelers fans. Mason Rudolph should have been suspended for one game, in my opinion. And that is I also say that because I'd love to see a change of quarterback for a week just to see if he really is our best option out there because I think the Steelers have about, I think it's 18 offensive touchdowns this year, and and they've been some ugly ones. And I'd like to see numbers on how many flags took us down there for pass interference because I remember several several drives in that Browns game where we weren't moving the football and the rest were just walking us down there into field goal range. And then we'd somehow find a way to mess up being in field goal range. I mean, 
Mason Rudolph should have got a game because he may he may not have. I don't know. I guess Miles Garrett might have tackled him hard or too hard, you know, roughed him up a little bit to start it. But when he went after him, I think he continued the fight. It's kind of one of those things like in high school where, you know, if you don't walk away from the fight, you're participating in the fight. And I think that that's kind of the case. If, if you're going to suspend Marquise Pouncey for throwing punches, you're going to suspend Miles Garrett for, you know, taking his helmet off and hitting him with it. You're going to have to suspend Mason Rudolph for charging after Miles Garrett, you know, and then well, I can't remember what they do to that. Ogan Joby guy. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't know what they've done to him. I think they're still trying to figure out. Remember. what I feel like he might. I think have his. Got a game. Is, I think his. Uh, he, I know he got a game, but yeah. they're trying to like investigate it more. <clears throat> I, I didn't now, think his was that big of a deal. Obviously, he yeah. pushed Mason Rudolph down, but uh, I, you know, I think one game should suffice for that. It's not like he was being extremely violent. I, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's just a cheap shot. It was. Did you now? Did you hear what came out today? I don't know if you're at work, but. When, uh, you're talking about the racial slur. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so let me, yeah. let me, let me, okay. Let me, let me. We don't need hear, to touch on this long, but do you, I want to know if you believe it. You know, yeah, okay. I mean, hear hear me that. out with this. Hear me out with this. Yeah. Okay. So the way I see it is with the whole Miles Garrett, you know, I've watched the video a whole lot. So, like, I don't know if a, a bunch of people are realizing this, but when they both went to the ground, if mm-hmm. you watch it, Mason Rudolph is trying to get Miles Garrett's helmet off. He's pulling at it. Before Miles Garrett tries to go and take his helmet off, obviously, yes, you know absolutely. Miles Garrett has the neck of a dinosaur, so you know you can't get <laughs> you can't get his his helmet tree off. Trunk. Yeah, but, tree trunk, but Mason Rudolph, yeah. you know, and Miles Garrett's, you know, probably twice as strong as uh, as Mason Rudolph. Obviously, gets his helmet off, and I think the big part of it was is you know okay, it should have stopped there. You know, your offensive line, the Pittsburgh's offensive lineman had Miles Garrett, and I feel like he was calming down, right? But yeah. then you see Mason Rudolph charge at him, and he says that apparently I don't know if he said I, I think he said that Mason Rudolph said a racial slur on the ground. But yeah. basically, it, it, like here's the thing, so, you know, say I'm trying to put myself in the situation. I don't think I would ever be in that situation. No, but no, basically, no. you know, you got a guy, you got a guy that's now back. running at you. This guy is now running. You know, you're calming down, and this guy starts charging at you, yelling at you. You know, I, you don't know if he's trying to hit you. You know, was it just a reaction? You know, yeah. I don't know, but the way this is the way I see it. I've never seen anything like that. I've been watching never. football for a very long time. And as long as I've been watching football, the most uh, dirty players for, for when I was a kid, the dirtiest player I remember was Marcus Vick at Virginia Tech. I just really? thought, yeah, I'll never forget. I think he, he was st- he stomped on the, uh, he stomped on, the ankle, I think it was it was a Louisville player. Uh, they were playing Louisville. And I remember at that point, I was like, oh, my God. Like, there are actually, like, really mean people out there that, like, <laughs> that killed me as a kid. But then as I got older and started, you know, paying a lot more attention to sports, it was Nadama Kung Su. I thought uh, Nadama yeah. Kung Su was, was like, the, the worst, like, the epitome of the worst, like, dirty player you could have. He didn't care. He just cared about himself. He would hurt other people. You know, for his gain, I I don't think Ndamukong Su would have ever even done what Miles Garrett did to me. I'd say I'd say the violence wise, like like level of violence wise, the closest thing I've ever seen to that is the Andre Johnson Cortland Finnegan fight way back. I think like two thousand. Yeah, they both ripped each other's helmets off. You know, and they're well, got, they were swinging, they were throwing haymakers. Andre Johnson was throwing some haymakers, and rightfully so. I mean, Colin Finnegan threw his helmet off. Now, yeah, and Andre's and, and Andre Johnson's, 
uh, ripped Cortland Finnegan's helmet off. You know what I mean? Like, I think during the play, you know, so, I mean, that was some, they didn't use them as weapons, <laughs> but they're throwing haymakers. And I think that might be, and then, you know, obviously I, I, I've watched a bunch of clips of the Steelers in the seventies and they did all kinds of crazy stuff, but it's just not that time. You know, it's not the nineties. You could get away with that stuff in the nineties, man. But I mean, you just today, it's not the climate to do it. You know, well, I mean, I don't believe Pouncey would have stood there and defended Mason Rudolph had he said something racial, in my exactly, opinion. Exactly, exactly. And, like, another thing is, I, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan for, for mm-hmm. guys out there that don't know. That's what's going to make this I, podcast I, so good, though. I, I have sat and watched probably most people, you know, since Ndamukong Sue has pretty much chilled out with his antics. You know, but for the last five years or so, you ask NFL fans who is the dirtiest player in the NFL, it's Vontez Perfect. And I've I've sat there and watched him do you know, do every unbelievable act on a football field that I could imagine someone doing and then, you know, acting like he didn't know why he was getting, you know, uh penalized or fined or suspended or whatever. But I like, still Tamir have White never seen anything, both. So. I've never seen anything like what Miles Garrett did. With wielding a weapon. Again. I mean, that, you, you when you pick up a, a NFL football helmet, okay, they're heavy. You know, it's, very, it, it can do damage. And you think about how strong Miles Garrett is, and he's oh swinging God. that hard. Dude, he's got 10, 10 and a half sacks on the year up to this point. He's like the what? That's like third or four, I think third and tied for third in the league with like TJ Watt. I mean, uh, and let me tell you, I heard I read this tweet the other day. This will put it in perspective for a couple people that are going to listen to this. Uh, a brick that you'd put to just lay bricks at your house, do masonry work, weighs is standard brick weighs five pounds. An NFL like normal like size large football helmet weighs six pounds. If he had hit him with the top of that helmet that goes where it were either anything from your forehead back the top crown of that helmet he could have cracked Mason Rudolph's skull I I mean I played football for a brief time in my life and football helmets are hard they withstand contact with other helmets constantly it's supposed to be slammed on the ground they're they're crash tested pretty much like they're meant to protect your skull you know not they're not meant to be used head to head he's really lucky that he was hit with the bottom rim where the ear pad is or Mason Rudolph isn't going to be sitting they're complaining for a call he's going to be sitting there waiting for an ambulance to come and that's yeah, just that's that's the that's the reality of it so basically you know he, he's got an indefinite suspension right now for sure. so the way i see it is there's no question in my mind miles garrett should not play another snap this year i think he's got to miss four games next year that's my I, okay take. if you want me to be honest i was going to give him six i was going to give yes. him the rest of this yes. year and six next year i wouldn't because, be surprised if that's what happened because that that is Okay, to have never seen something like that happen before, you have to give someone a suspension no one's ever seen before. You understand? Like, Mm -hmm. there are consequences. And this is basically, I've got to get this out, Bo. I was talking (laughs) to you about it earlier. The whole thing with don't disrespect the shield. Yeah. Okay. So this is something I've got to talk about. If if no one's heard of this, yeah, if no one's heard of this, listen up because I've heard this. He's about to talk about this, and I've heard other people talk about this. This is a very real thing. Go ahead. So basically, my my my, the point I want to get across is okay, the NFL is is the the epitome of big business. 
It's it's all business is always booming. I don't care how many of these websites want to tell you that the NFL's ratings are down. Oh, business God, is no. always booming in the NFL. It's up okay. from last year. I already said no that. player, no player that plays in that league is more important or important enough to slow down the NFL or make them stop in their tracks and take care of you. Basically, the biggest thing about that, the way I learned that the most was through Antonio Brown's situation. You're talking about a guy that was the best receiver in the NFL. He was a going to be a Hall of Famer. And this guy basically, you know, through his own antics, got himself thrown from team to team. And then now he's out of the league. Well, the way Antonio Brown thought about it, well, oh, like, you know, people are going to keep talking about me. I'm relevant. I'm Antonio Brown. I'm AB. No one's going to forget about me. You know, the NFL this year isn't going to be as good without me. That's completely false. Completely false. If you want me to be honest, on any given day, I never, I don't even remember Antonio Brown doesn't play in the NFL. (laughs) Another thing. crossed my mind. What else crazy (laughs) happened this, um, this year, Bo, in the NFL? Andrew Luck retired, okay? That was the biggest news for about a week. You couldn't turn on ESPN and that'd be something about Andrew Luck, okay? And I'm not saying that Andrew Luck Luck in any way disrespected the Shield, okay? Andrew Luck was a stand-up guy. It was his decision. And anyone that booed him for his own decision is loses respect in my book. But but uh, basically what I'm saying is Andrew Luck retired. Out of nowhere, it was the biggest news for about a week. And now you hear nobody talk about it anymore. It's yeah, it's moved. So Kobe on. Brissett has come in, filled the filled uh filled the shoes of Andrew Luck, is leading that Colts team. No one talks about Andrew Luck anymore. It doesn't matter how good you are. And what the reason I'm saying this right now is because if Miles Garrett isn't careful, that's going to be him too. Miles Garrett is is a superstar. He was the number one overall pick. But he will get left behind just like Antonio Brown did. And I unfortunately, agree. again, I'm I not agree. trying to be mean about Andrew Luck, but he got left behind. It's not relevant anymore. The NFL moves on with or without you. It, it, you no one in the NFL, I don't care if you're Odell Beckham. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care about any of that. I don't care if you're Jerry Jones. The NFL moves on without you, and it doesn't look back and worry about you because, like I said, business is always booming. It's like reality check. They just hit 100 years. They've been around for 99 years before you. They're going to be around for 99 after you. Exactly. Either get with the program or it's not going to work out for you. I mean, that's that's just just as simple as that, man. That's how how it rolls. But, all right, Bo, so I want to get on one last topic with our our NFL topics, all right? I I want to hear your Super Bowl picks. I want to hear the two teams you got going to the Super Bowl if you had to pick right now. If you want me to go first, I will. If you need a little bit of yeah. time to think about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the problem for me is the NFC side. I I mean, I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you my answer on the AFC side and you'll probably go something similar. But right. when I go there, but I need second on the NFC. All right, so here we Here me out. I'm about to drop a crazy prediction, okay? Oh god, I like this. The New England Patriots are going to make it to the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> I think I got All the right. same feeling. All right, just hear, hear me out with this. <laughs> it's Brady, it's Belichick, yeah. and it's that New England defense that so apparently man. has become a, a juggernaut, unstoppable, unbreakable. Let's put it that way, unbreakable. Dude, okay, so Tom Brady, okay, they're, they're having some struggles on offense right now, all right? Yeah. But Tom Brady has never had a defense like he has right now, ever. 
Ever. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know if Belichick ever has. Like the the way this defense is playing, it, they're, they're just such a complete defense. I think this defense. What do they say? Defense wins championships, right? Defense, All and right. they say defense travels also. Exactly, exactly. So the way I see it is, you got Tom Brady, the most clutch quarterback of all time. Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. And oh, you that's give no the questions. And, and, no and questions. they finally have a defense. Like, are, are you serious right now? I don't yeah. care who the receivers are. Throw me out there at receiver. If he has Julian Edelman and Jacob Patterson out there, you know, <laughs> we're, we're probably going to do all right. We're going to outscore the other team. Open, buddy. Yeah, we're going to outscore the other team because the defense won't let the other team score. That that's they, just how it's going to go. There's something now. They're they're I think they're taking a, a they're taking a couple steps back here and there. But like that, I mean, that's to, it's the later in the season they have played. A, I mean, they did play a crazy easy schedule leading up, and and I tell you, I don't I don't want to spoil anything for when I make my pick, but. I think the deadline to add players is like November 30th. It's nine days from now. Don't put it out of the, like the Patriots to like sign someone crazy, like bring in, you know, Des or Terrell Pryor off the way, you know, off, you know, yeah. off the street yeah. to just give them to get in someone's head or to well, give I them think, an edge. You know, they might, it's nine days and it's the Patriots. You never know. I think that's exactly why they just, you know, picked up Muhammad Sanu. Basically, the way it, the way it goes is, is whenever Bill Belichick makes a move or a trade, you might as well go ahead and say that he just won that trade because it always ends up happening a few weeks down the road or a month down the road. You're like, damn, like did Bill Belichick know something we don't, we didn't know then? Like, how did he get this, you know, so right? And yeah. the, the guy is just, he's a genius. Like I said, like you said, it's no question he's the the greatest coach of all time. Um, now, the other side, who will the Patriots be playing for me, is going to be, drumroll please, the Green Bay Packers. Okay? Ooh, I, like I think you get, you get to see two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game play each other. All right? Um, I think – you know, Aaron Rodgers is playing good enough. I don't think he's playing the way we expect Aaron Rodgers to play right now. But you know, he, he's gonna he's gonna be fine. It's it's Aaron. You know, Rodgers. He's top three quarterback in the NFL. It sounds crazy to me right now, not to say he's the number one quarterback in the NFL, but with Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson playing the way they are, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say he's top three. But okay, what did I just say a minute ago? Defense wins championships. Okay, with the Green Bay Packers. This past offseason added a lot to that defense. Okay. Yeah, they did. You've also got Aaron Jones, who has just become a man all of a sudden. And, <laughs> and it's just is running over people. There's a running, little bit of I schematics mean, in that too. The pass the, catching. LaFleur. I, I just really think that that the Packers have the defense. Because it, it used to be what would happen, Bo? Basically, what would happen is the Aaron Rodgers had to go out here and he had to outscore the other team because his defense had more holes in Swiss cheese, right? Oh, yeah, okay. big old what, Swiss cheese. What happens when Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to do that? What happens when Aaron Rodgers can control the game and he can be in the lead and they can rely on Aaron Jones, like I said, who's playing like he won't, a man. He won't right turn now. it over. That's what Aaron Rodgers gives exactly, you. He, he can exactly. score and he won't give the ball away. So, you know, I think there's a lot of other good teams you can think of. you got the 49ers. Um, a lot of people are talking about the Ravens right now. I just can't see it. Lamar's awesome. I don't see the Ravens making it there this year. Uh, the Chiefs, the defense, I just can't get down with. Um, and the Seahawks, I think that defense will be, you know, the death of them too. The but problem. I think let, the let offense me, let, could be the death of them as well. 
It could they could, be. They, it could, they could not show up one day. I mean, the Lockett, Lockett's <laughs> hurt right now. He's questionable. DK, he he is good. He is a deep threat. But I think if you if 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 DK goes into New Orleans and faces that secondary in the Superdome, I don't know if I see him having more than three catches for thirty yards. He might drop a TD in there, maybe. But I don't see how he goes into a place like that and shines. Yeah. That that is not a position that will that. travel well. In my right, so opinion, but, but let me hear those uh, Super Bowl picks. Okay, well, I'm all, I'm obviously going to roll with New England. I think the Chiefs <clears throat> will be lucky to be healthy come that point. I mean, Tariq Hill left last game. I think things are their running backs are a constant card shuffle. I mean, it's it's might as well just be on like an all one of those auto shuffle decks with their running backs. I don't know who's going to be there, so I'm going to go with New England and the rest of the AFC. The Ravens. You know, I, I think a lot of people want to say the Ravens can do it, but I think going into New England in the playoffs is going to be a different world when they've seen you once before. Beating New England twice isn't something that happens in the same year ever, ever. <laughs> so I'm going to go with uh, New England on, in the AFC. The NFC, I think, is is a little bit of the roll of the dice. I think you got four good teams right now in Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, and San Fran. I don't think San Fran can win the big game yet. Um, I think they're going to continue to get better over the next few years. Their quarterback's young. Nick Bosa's young. Their running backs are pretty young. Their receivers are young. Their secondary needs some help, but, I mean, this draft's coming up. They can address it. So I think they might need a year. Seattle, like you said, their defense has got still secondary has got some Swiss cheese going on, some holes in there. So between for me, it's between Green Bay and New Orleans. Um, and you just made a strong case for Green Bay for me. Um, but and I hate to do this because and our good friend Andrew is a huge Saints fan and screams it in my ear. But when they're when they're all on the field, when Marshawn Lattimore is on that defense specifically, you can take Marshawn Lattimore into any stadium in the NFC on the way to the Super Bowl, and he'll travel with crowd noise and play play his tail off. Um, they're complete. The Jared Cook is an athletic tight end. He's starting to really shine out there, catching TDs, showing his size. Michael Thomas doesn't matter who's at quarterback. Can't Honestly, Mike, could, bro. You can't. I mean, he's proven me wrong. You know, every week I I didn't know that he's he's uh, reminded me of Antonio Brown every put, week. Put a pin so. in this for me. I got I got to drop I got to drop a crazy stat okay. right now. Um, Michael Thomas, yeah, has more receptions. It's either it's either he has more receptions or he's on pace to have more receptions. But I think he has more receptions than the entire Eagles uh, team. He does. I think he does right now. Yes, he does. And then I think he's on pace for like eighteen hundred yards. It's a it's it's ridiculous. He's but he's go ahead. Making the case to, for offensive break that in, but I thought I, we had I, to drop. No, some I, respect I, on you're making head. you're helping my case for the Super Bowl pick. <laughs> so I think the Saints have a good chance at getting. Uh, some home field, um, and you know they have their division is pretty weak right now with Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. Any divisional games they got coming up, I see wins. I see a sweep going forward. Uh, even though they, I think they just took a loss to Tampa Bay, but I still see wins going the rest of the way. They're a good team. 
Um, it doesn't matter if Breeze or Bridgewater is out there throwing to Michael Thomas. He's still successful. It proves you wrong every week. It doesn't matter who's at running back between Kamar and Latavius Murray. They're successful every time they step out there. Um, you're going to lose a game or two, three in the NFL. That just happens. I mean, the games the Tampa Bay in the division, you see them twice a year, every year. That stuff just happens. The Steelers prove that every year somehow. So I'm going to go with New Orleans. They're complete. They're balanced. It doesn't matter who's on the field. Uh, they still come at you with everything they got, and they're well coached. So I'm going to say New Orleans. Uh, Patriots, that might sound kind of mainstream, but there's just so much balance on that New Orleans team. Ahead, who's I think, your, who's I think your you can take them winner? in the green. Uh, Super Bowl, whew, Super Bowl winner. Um, I'm going to take New England, man. They they just – that defense that defense is going to – I think they can hurt uh, hurt New Orleans – I think that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick preparing for a Super Bowl with New Orleans, I think they can find some holes in that defense. Um, But it's like every year you see things happen with New England where it seems like they're struggling, and then all of a sudden the playoffs come on and they got the best offense in the NFL. You know what I mean? That's it's they 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 find another switch, another gear. You know, their biggest thing I think that the New England's got to worry about going forward. The only thing that can hurt them is their offensive line is struggling and they're not protecting Brady like they have been in years past. The I don't think they hit on a lot of those rookies (laughs) that they brought in because I think every year they're, they're swapping out guys on the line and and making trades for their older guys. So and trying to get them offloaded to like when they I think it was they did Mad Soldier or somebody to uh Nate Soldier. Nate Soldier for uh down to Tampa Bay. You know, they did one of those a few years ago. You know, I think I think that's how they figure it out, man. They, down the line, they just they flip it, they flip that gear on, that New England gear where their offense finds their stride at the right time. Sonny Michelle all of a sudden We'll be making people miss instead of just running in straight lines. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, Sonny Michelle last year. Big disappointment, in my opinion. But last year? No, this year. This, this, year, year. this year. Come this on now, year. But, okay, for any of y'all out there, I am the biggest <coughs> Georgia Bulldogs fan you will ever meet. Uh, definitely when I'm located in Virginia. So, yeah. uh, but, you know, all respect to my uh, my Georgia Bulldogs. We are RBU, Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, Ty Gurley. I, I bought so much Nick. I mean, uh, not Nick Chubb. Well, I do have some Nick Chubb stock in fantasy, but I have so much <laughs> Sony Michelle. I did five fantasy leagues this year, and I have Sony Michelle <laughs> in four of them. <laughs> what is the big is thing not about a good feeling? Sony <laughs> Michelle last year is he? You know, he was kind of playing on and off the field last year. He was he uh he. he you know, it wasn't a uh, consistent role he had, and all of a sudden they got to the playoffs last year. And this dude was just breaking records. Yeah, like, uh, he scored the lone the the lone goal goal. Listen to me, <laughs> scored the lone touchdown in the Super Bowl last year. You know that low scoring game that was extremely boring for everyone. And you know he came out this year, and I, I yeah I've got to think that he's just not healthy right now. I think something's going on. A, a lot of it, like. Uh, it's something about those Georgia guys, man. They all come out with knee problems. They a lot of them take it, take dude, it, I think it's the scheme, man. I think it's that, that run first bulldog style, exactly, man. They want to run man, you over, exactly. pound you down your throat, and that's just basically what they want to do. If you if you commit to run the ball at an SEC school, you're committing three at least a year to your pro career 
all is, uh, is you can you can just kiss it goodbye. I mean, look at Benny Snell, man. Benny Snell ran the ball four years at Kentucky, three year starter, a thousand yards every year he started. First year and he never I don't even think he missed a game in those three years. Maybe one, two. Okay. First year in the NFL, he misses a month, tears his meniscus, bro. The miles are already on some of these kids. It's like the the hair Damian or Damian Harris, I think the one that's in New England right now is their third string running back. He was the starter over Josh Jacobs before the college football playoff. And then Josh Jacobs comes in, absolutely kills it. He's had all these miles, you know, that the other guy's been running. He's he's just fresh legs. And he goes first round to the Raiders, and look what they get. They get a guy who's ready for the load right now. He's not getting hurt. He's durable. I think that's what you're going to see is pro teams looking for guys like I mean, look at Clemson's backfield with that Etienne kid. Him, his backup, they can they can all get the job done. They're all great athletes. I think you're going to see a lot of coaches, a lot of scouts looking for running backs that are great athletes with low mileage going forward. Oh, of course, of course. And I think that's uh, something new for uh, Georgia, you know, in the in the backfield this year. Is DeAndre Swift is obviously the lead dog, and I, I have him as the uh, RB1 in the upcoming draft. But – he doesn't have the mileage on him that Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle was a backup, was the second string running back, and this dude still had an unbelievable amount of hits taken. You know, which is crazy because Nick Chubb had even more. Nick Chubb had a horrific injury in college, and yeah. this guy, this guy, he tears ACL imp- twice or something like that. No, he tore it. I think he tore all three ligaments. God, oh. that was a, that was a God injury, but. The dude right now is improving every week and is keeping Kareem Hunt on the bench. So I, you know, I, I if you if you would ask me when I looked at their tape last year, Sonny Michelle was a good distance above Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb is just balling right now. So you know, it, it's hit or miss scouting. I mean, you're not always going to get it right. No, um, yeah. And Nick Chubb has become much more of a pass catcher than I thought he would be. Um, but basically. Uh, like you said, you have the Patriots winning, okay? Well, yeah. you know, I sat here and I talked about that defense and everything. But unfortunately, I have the Green Bay Packers winning the Super Bowl this year. And the reason the reason for that is is I think that Brady's age is ca- uh, catching up to him right now. You know, well, I know offensive that, line is what's going to catch him. Well, people, so basically people have been saying, oh, you know, Brady's – this is the end of Brady. Oh, this year's the Brady's end. I'm not saying this is Brady's end. You know, his trainer no just came out and said that he yeah. wants to play until he's like 47. But I think <laughs> it's starting to show now that Brady, That's when so he funny. when he takes a sack, like it, it's it's he feels it. it. It's He's showing it more so now. I he, think he's he's wearing a lot of braces on his legs right now. Statistically, he's having I think the worst year he's ever had through what twelve weeks. Yeah. So, I I just think that Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's younger. I think that he has a chip on his shoulder. I think he has the defense and the running game that he has needed for a while. And I think he's got the fresh fresh coach in there, you know, fresh uh, you know playbook and everything like that. And I think that you know. Aaron Rodgers is able to pull off the big one and add a uh, second ring <laughs> to the uh, to the mantle. But I also need to stop for just a minute and say something real quick, Bo. I want to okay. give a shout out to Blitzalytics for all their support. Um, this company was the company that gave me my first NFL draft uh, scouting job, so I got to give them mad mad respect. 
Um, if y'all can go visit them at www.blitzathletics.com, they have all of your sports needs, and you can follow them on on God, I cannot talk. Follow them on Twitter at Blitzalytics. Okay, and that is at B L I T Z A L Y T I C S. All right, I just had to come in there and slide that in there, Bo. Obviously, it sounded <laughs> terrible. I'm sick. I'm not talking well. Don't apologize, man. They, anyway, you got your point across. This is literally what it what it means to have a rocky start on your first episode because I feel terrible. You know, I'm fumbling over my words, but hey, we'll get there, right? Hey, man, it's all good. We'll get there. We're this is all, but people don't know this is all going to be a process for me and Jacob. We've neither of us have ever uh, tried to record a full time podcast, so we're going to be learning <laughs> as y'all are learning football. We're going to be learning how to do this show. But um, so I, what I want to do now, though. So mm-hmm. I want to skip to other big news. And what we're going to be doing now is we're going to transition over to college. Okay. Yeah, we need to get that in. And I want to talk about Tua. Okay. Mm. Tua. The injury. So, I hate it for him. What it means for him. Um, you know, what it means for college football. Okay. So basically, mm. th- this is something that, you know, obviously if, if, I don't imagine anyone out there that listens to the, this podcast. I doubt that I am breaking the news to you that Tua is hurt and out for the season. Okay, Tua is out. He um he's dislocated and fractured his hip. All right. So basically, he did this on a play. Who was it against? Was it, I think it was was it Arkansas? I think it was Arkansas. I believe it was. I think it was Arkansas. Two defenders landed on him. His leg got trapped up under him. Um, uh, up, 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 thirty points. I'm, I believe up also. thirty points. But, but here, okay, a lot. Of, Nick Saban's getting a lot of flack for this right now, and I understand why he was still in the game because basically, <clears throat> you're gonna play them through a certain amount of series, okay? And basically, what you're working on during that time period is you're working on the you know the two minute plan, um, uh, just a different series or different situations that you want Tua to play in and your starters to get, um. I guess, what would you say, comfortable with, okay? So, apparently, after that series, Nick Saban said that he was going to pull Tua, which makes it even more unfortunate that this happened. You know, a lot of people were saying that he shouldn't have even been in the game at that point. I understand that. You know, I I see it from both sides, but I don't think, you know, Nick Saban's an idiot for doing what he was doing. What about you, Bo? Um, Yeah, I'll tell you, I don't think he was an idiot. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I said I kind of probably sounded a little a little <laughs> enthusiastic when I said that you know they were up twenty point twenty eight points or whatever it was, but you know I know Mac Jones isn't good, but you mean, and, and you can't think that at, you're playing so well, you've only you're hardly allowing, they're hardly stopping you, you know you're not letting up any sacks or anything like that, and all of a sudden he rolls out and gets landed on wrong. I mean you can't foresee that kind of stuff. And hindsight is completely twenty twenty. Everyone's got perfect vision after the play. Everyone's got perfect coaching vision the next day after they've rewatched it a hundred times and everyone's given their take on it. You know, I think you can make a case that Mac Jones should have been in the game, but at the end of the day, if I was the coach at that time, I would probably still be handing the ball off, and I can't tell you unless it's the heat of the moment. Probably up one more touchdown, I probably would have taken two out, and that's probably what Saban had in mind. Is that when you put up when you go over forty points, now you can think about that. But I think 
I don't think that Saban's the kind of guy that likes to take the you know this foot off the throttle. I mean, you wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, you see him; they play the weakest schedule Saban's in the country. In there and they to blow kill. He's out. ready to to step yeah. on your throat. I mean, I mean, the convincing wins are for a reason, guys. The reason that they're playing bad teams and beating everyone by fifty are so that they stay in the top four because of their margin of victory. Margin of victory matters in the college voting today. If you play cl- a close game, will get you booted out of the top four. Didn't that happen to Georgia recently? Oh, like, no, it happened to Clemson. Clemson. No, yeah. no, Georgia was out of the top four because we embarrassingly, embarrassingly lost to South Carolina at home, yeah. which we should have been booted for. No, Clemson, you know, somehow, some way, the last year's reigning national champions who are undefeated right now are considered not a well now they are, but they weren't considered a top four team in the country. You know, it blows my mind. I understand that they look at the strength of schedule, but you know, you can't just boot or, or you know give the boot to the uh reigning national champions if they're unbeaten and they're crushing everybody by about you know, 35, they have one close game with North Carolina and everybody's like, ah, Clemson's not good enough anymore. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy, man. It's crazy how, how quickly, uh, you know, a football game, people don't get that. It just doesn't just go one way. There's good athletes on the field at this level, you know, in the, in the D one college level, there's good athletes everywhere. Any given day, any given Sunday, any given Saturday is a very, I mean, they made a movie called it, you know, any given Sunday it's any day guys can show up and play their best football and you can get taken down to the wire by a team. That's not as good as you. I mean, the Steelers have, are the worst at that. They play down to their opponents on a completely regular basis. I mean, it, it happens every year. I yeah. mean, the, I think the Steelers played below their opponent <laughs> last Thursday when they played the Browns. They looked like the Browns did, you know, two, three weeks ago where they couldn't block anyone. They couldn't move the football. You know, that's yeah. what they looked like. They were, they completely regressed. So, know, so, so. basically the, here's two things I want to talk about with the, the tour tour. God, Tua. So Tua does have an insurance policy that basically protects him if he does fall in the draft. You I know, can't obviously he's compensated for it. All right. He's gonna, so he's gonna fall, I feel like. There are people saying, okay, well, if he's gonna be compensated for falling in the draft, um, you know, why doesn't he still just go you go in the draft because obviously the money that you're missing out on, if you fall, you're still making. So, mm-hmm. you know, might as well still go. Uh, some people want him to come back to Alabama. Uh, I am on the side of he should still go. He, he, he should, should go, go to the draft. He, he go to the draft. Um, this is not – here's something else. People are saying that, oh, you know, Bo Jackson had a similar injury and it derailed his career. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm here to put a pin in that and say, no, that is not true. Yes, Bo Jackson's injury was very similar, but Bo Jackson's – career got derailed because his uh he ended up developing a bone disease called a vascular necrosis and it started to take place because of the injury and that's what derailed his career that yep. that has nothing to do with uh tua or his injury right now you know and medicine God, back then God, you know, I, I pray to God that doesn't happen. I, I pray to God that doesn't happen. But the way I see it is, yes, obviously, does Tua stock fall some? Yes, of course it does. 
But the way I see it is, you know, what's probably going to end up happening, Bo, is he's going to fall. People are going to say, oh, he's too injury prone. And then he's going to end up with the fucking Patriots or some shit. I hate when a a bad play makes someone injury prone. It happened to Le'Veon Bell. He had a bad Vontez Perfect fell on him wrong towards it or like towards MCL or something. And then people said, oh, Le'Veon Bell's injury prone. Yeah. Like, no, Le'Veon Bell's not injury prone. He might be now now that he took a year off and his bones got all soft. But, but you know, left the Steelers. But I'm going to tell you, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that – I don't know. <laughs> well, look, because okay, I, th- I, th- I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference between – It'd be okay. So you you can see it. So, so you got a guy who's injury prone, right? Yeah. So Tua Tua had you know had ankle issues last year, right? Yeah. Ankle issues kind of bothered him this year, and now he's got this massive hip injury, right? Well, I think there's a difference in being uh, injury prone, and or I think there's two different ways of being injury prone. Let's put it that way. So basically, yeah. you've got the type of injury prone where okay, the guy gets injured a lot. So he misses a lot of time. He misses games. All right. That okay. Let's categorize that as we'll call that the Carson Wentz. All right. Yeah. All right. Then you have the guy who is injury prone, gets hurt all the fucking time, but the dude's a badass, and the dude won't leave the field. He, that dude, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna name that guy Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is that guy. Matthew Stafford. That could, be, that could be Big Ben. <laughs> I'm not trying to be biased whatsoever. Matthew Stafford may be the toughest quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I, I was just reading something the other day saying that basically for a lot for a solid amount of last year he was playing with a broken back. Uh, it, it's crazy. I don't. I, I, that's for another day. I'll I go on a rant. I can't. I can't imagine how that feels. You know what I mean to play quarterback with a broken back. It must be. It must well, be I, I can't imagine what it feels like to play quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, true. But with a broken back, whew. basically, Tua, you know, his stock definitely drops. All right. And now that we're sitting here, we're talking about the draft. Um, guys, Bo, Bo told me that it'd be a good idea for me and him both to say, what player in the upcoming draft do we most want to see added to our team in the draft? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Bo is a big time Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I myself am a big time Cincinnati Bengals fan. Okay, so we're gonna be picking bright and early, kids. All right, so y'all better be ready in April because we're first up on the clock. But Bo, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have uh have the spotlight right now. I want to hear the guy in the upcoming draft that you want to see end up on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, well, I think the Steelers' two biggest needs going into the first round next year. Well, actually, they don't have a first-round pick. They traded it to the Miami Dolphins. So they're going to get a second-round pick is where they're going to start. Um, and I, th- I believe it'll be like mid-second round. And I think that they should probably start. It's going to – wide receiver is where I would go. We need an outside threat. We're lacking a lot of speed on the outside. We're missing Antonio Brown, the Martavis Bryant factor. We just, we just don't have it. Teams are, are going to be stacking the box against us the rest of the way. They're going to be saying good luck to Juju and Deontay Johnson trying to take, you know, trying to beat our safeties downfield because it's just not going to happen. So I'd like to see if they can get a wide receiver by that point that's any good. Um, Clemson's T. Higgins is explosive, super fast. I like him. Uh, Joe Burrow's top target, Justin Jefferson, is also a good target. I'm not. I'm not sure. So, so okay. So let me, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, bro. Are you are you are you asking me? Well, it doesn't matter for me because I get yeah. Bengals get their pick of anyone. Um, 
are you are you saying that you need you have to pick a guy that that you think will still be on the board we'll at that be, time? Will still be on the board by the okay. Time. All right, okay. I thought you could yeah. pick anybody you wanted. I don't have that option. See what I mean? Okay, I see what you're saying. All right, so go ahead. Steelers are a second round. I'm the Steelers have start with a second round pick, and they're they're honestly lucky they're getting a third. I don't even think they had a third. Uh, they're getting a compensatory pick for the Moncrief ordeal. So, I'm, and I think they're getting really lucky with that one. But the second round pick I like is is if there is a good receiver that is worthy of being taken that high, uh, and I think I think these three guys are if they're around, and then this is in the order that I think I like them. The numbers would say that Justin Jefferson at LSU is having the best year, but he's also got a Heisman quarterback that changes everything. Um, T. Higgins, I think, is is just explosive. I'd like to see that if they if they could get him. But the wider this is a super deep wide receiver class. I have no idea how soon teams are going to start rattling them off. But once they start going, teams are going to it's going to be a complete fire sale. Teams are going to freak out and start taking them. And then there's a guy at Colorado. If he's there and they and they think they're not going to get anybody talking else, about I Lavisca mean, Chenault. I am, but he reminds me a lot of Juju. He's a possession receiver. He doesn't really burn anybody, but he he catches everything that comes his way, he's and he runs crispy guy, routes. Sure. Yeah, and he runs crispy routes. So if he if if that's what is up there in the second round, and all, all right, these so other explosive pick, guys three. are gone, yeah, there's that's three guys what, on the board. Yeah, Where, they're all in the top with? thirty to forty. Um, I'd like to see Justin Jefferson probably. He's taking okay. the lid off at LSU. He's having like 17 yards per per catch. It's pretty good right now. So let me and tell you then this. If it, but I would also like to see if he falls, Derek Brown from Auburn, and he won't fall. Oh, I know he won't, but he fits. He fits. I've been since you had me watch him in that game. His six seven, three hundred and ten pound versatile frame fits the Steelers sub package playing so well, being able to change between playing a three-man or two-man down package to bring in extra DBs. I think his size fits it. It's just he's, he's Cam Hayward in a college body in my 6'7", 3'10". That's Cam Hayward. You know, so yeah. I, I like that, but he won't fall. It won't happen. I don't. He won't go down that far. Derrick Brown's going to – Derrick Brown should be. now Because yeah, we're going to lose our nose tackle. Yeah. And, and now, last year's, last year's draft taught me that – Literally, there can be more rumors than you can count, and more people saying that a certain team is going to take a certain player. It, it means nothing. You don't it know anything until they take nothing. You don't know anything for sure until that pick is, you know, said live on TV, and that team picks that player. Um, no one saw Cleveland Farrell going fourth overall to the Raiders. Okay, no one saw Daniel Jones going sixth. Um, but like like you just said, Bo, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you would take Justin Jefferson over uh, Lavisca Chenault. It's it's you know I, the Steelers need a big play factor. You know what I mean? The Steelers need guy. Uh, that's what they need. I think Juju it looks to me like Lavisca out there. You know, in my opinion, I mean, Jonathan it was it Justin Jefferson is, is further down in, in it, but he's six three. He's an outside burner. He's getting a lot, a lar, a, you know, a lot of uh, like a lot of yardage per catch was like seventeen. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right he now, is, it's fourteen is. yards per catch. He's got a thousand yards right now in ten games. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like, he's the I mean, go-to guy. Um, yeah. you know, you've got you've got other talented receivers. He's got eleven touchdowns. In the, the fact in that the he SEC, sticks man. out. And that receiver core um, says a lot. 
Lavishka um, has 600 yards in the Pac-12. Uh, I so just ba- don't like that. You know so basically, I mean? Bo, I'm going to go ahead. and What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pick the player that I want for the Cincinnati Bengals. But not only am I going to do that, I am going to start the campaign for Joe Burrow to come. <laughs> Hell yeah. And let me. I wish there was like some background music right now. I wish it could be um, like like some Titanic music. I need that in the background right now. And I wish like the, the camera could like look into my eyes right now because I want this so badly. It's not even funny. But let me just tell you this story. The intro up to why Joe Burrow should be a Cincinnati Bengal. Okay, Joe Burrow's basically what they've always called him is just some kid from Ohio. All right, the guy stayed home and committed to Ohio State. And then, you know, he transferred to LSU. He wanted to stay home, wanted to play ball um, in his home state, okay? Come on back, Joe Burrow. We will happily have you back in Ohio um, as a Cincinnati Bengal, okay? The Andy Dalton experiment is over. Ryan Finley, I liked him coming out, but he is not the answer. Joe Burrow, we need you to come and be the franchise quarterback for my Cincinnati Bengals because A.J. Green deserves a top-notch quarterback throwing him the ball. Oh, absolutely. Um, That Joe Burrow, it's so frustrating because I know the Cincinnati Bengals. I've watched them crushed my dreams before right in front of my eyes it's gonna keep happening and i feel like it's just gonna keep happening <laughs> uh, i feel like the like the Bengals are gonna be on the clock at one and desperately need a quarterback and you know say hey let's go fix that offensive line Wait, i don't want to interrupt too much but quick question what if chase young i mean isn't he coming out this year you wouldn't want well, he's him coming out this year he's coming out this year so you don't want that that's, that's the way i see life? it is what's the most quarter what's the most important position in the nfl quarterback, quarterback. If, 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 if so he, here's some here's some some quick um a suggestion to any team you know drafting this year if you have a quarterback you trust then clear everything else on your whiteboard and just fucking select chase young okay chase young literally is in the should be if he's not if he's not technically in it he should be in the contention for the heisman and bo we talked about this guy before the last defender i ever really remember being good enough to be in discussion for the heisman was nadama kung su at nebraska yeah i think you're right about nadama kung su was the most dominant most dominant college defender I've ever had the pleasure of watching. Yeah, uh, he was he was unbelievable. You know, some people say, uh, you know, Clowney. If you want me to be honest, Clowney was nasty, but I think a lot of Clowney's hype came from that hit against West Virginia. It did. It really, really, really did. It's like, like you know, I don't remember like there, other than that play. I can't really picture in my mind Clowney just destroying, single-handedly destroying a game. And that is he, what the Dom I mean, Kung dude, He did. got the jump on that snap in that. I mean, the guys, the linemen weren't even, didn't even know the ball was stabbed at that point yeah. for some reason. You know what I mean? He he had the jump he, the whole way. what you way. call getting little. Big yeah. guy, get little. <laughs> getting, squeeze getting, through. Getting skinny. Yeah, get your hands on him. But yeah. basically, like I was saying there, that's a good question, Bo. I'm still taking Joe Burrow. 
Um, I wish we I had like a quarterback so we could take Chase Young. Um, we had we took a really good guy that I was really high on. Uh, I remember when Harold Landry was coming out, people were giving him a lot of like uh, respect. They were, which you know, he deserves respect. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he doesn't, but um, I was a lot more high on Sam Hubbard, who also played at Ohio State. So yeah, I would love to put Chase Young and Sam Hubbard. You know, Hubbard's an up and coming, uh, I think, uh, star and big part of our team moving forward. I would love to put Chase Young with Sam Hubbard and Geno Atkins. You know, get the get the two the Ohio State duo and that big Georgia D tackle. Yeah. After some quarterbacks. What do you think but, of Andrew Billings on, on the Bengals? I think Andrew Billings was a steal uh, yeah. in that draft. He, he fell. He fell fits, farther man. than he should have. Um, and I think he, you know. He's another guy who deals with injuries, uh, injury issues a lot. But um, I think he was always going to be a solid pick. And I think moving forward, if he can just get more technically sound uh, and and get better with his technique, um, he'll be a force. I really do think that. I think the Steelers really struggle with Andrew Billings. And and I actually I wrote an article today for the site I do some contributing stuff for. And uh, that's last word on profootball.com. I had to put that in there again. Uh, and I, I put a little thing in about about Andrew Billings and about how he reminds me so much of uh, – do you remember Casey Hampton, the Steelers' nose tackle? Do you remember him from the two, early 2000s team? Jacob, yeah, I do remember him. Yeah, yeah, Casey Hampton and him are twins to me, and the, the way they look—if if you just if you just put a a brown bag over both their heads, man, their body shapes identical. I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. And they play, and they play pretty similar too. I'd love when we lose our nose tackle this year, Javon Hargrave. I would love for a guy like Andrew Billings to end up on the Steelers. And honestly, I think UNC has a guy named Aaron Crawford who plays nose tackle for, or well it's defensive tackle on their scheme but he could he's built like a nose he could play the nose and he's he's pro he's pro caliber worthy and the Steelers could probably get him in the third or fourth round this year he's a senior yeah. so I'd like to see that too stone well, out there well I want to I want to go back and um Go in on something that you you said a little bit earlier. So you were talking about, you said this was a very deep wide receiver class. Okay, that's what I've been reading. Okay, so so let me ask you this: Do you think wide receiver is the deepest position group in the upcoming draft? Uh, yes, I would say I would say so. I mean, you you're going to be able to get. I think I got the draft board up right here. You're going to be able to get tons of wide receivers i mean alabama and clemson both have two or three guys that are good enough are going to be out there on the draft board this year the pac 12's got guys i think justin hebert some of his receivers are going to be coming out this year Uh, it's just there's just a lot of teams moving the football this year cd lamb is a beast coming out of oklahoma he's 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 just an absolute dog you want to talk about ideal wide receiver options for the sealers a guy like that just blow the absolute lid off the top of the defense i would just i would love i mean if you're not thinking high enough for that guy if you draft any three of the uh alabama wide receivers you know you got judy rugs and uh smith devonta smith all three of those guys henry rugs let me he's underrated so good okay henry rugs I, I'm so excited to see what 40 time he puts down. They clocked him going 24, I think, 0.4 miles an hour against South Carolina earlier this year. That I, I 
I, I don't. Okay, so I, I'm like at a loss for it. Henry Ruggs <laughs> is so fast. You know, I, I, what I look for now when I say, "Oh, this is the fastest guy," and you know, in the draft, or "Oh, you ain't gonna see anybody that's as fast as this guy." Is I always compare them, and I'm like, "Damn, do you do I think they could be faster than Tyreek Hill?" Because Tyreek Hill, yeah. obviously, we saw it. I can't remember who they were playing. But, you know, Tyreek Hill ran and caught up to his running back earlier this season, right? And yeah. it showed that, yeah, NFL players are fast, but he's on a whole nother level. Oh, yeah. So, so there's, there, you know, there's levels to this shit, and <laughs> he is the top level of speed. that You, you can't go any higher. He okay. makes fast people look not fast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then of course they they add they add uh, they got Sammy Watkins on that team and Miko Hardman too. It, that's, oh, it's just burners everywhere. There's speed everywhere. Speed burners. kills. Speed the Steelers kill. need any one of those guys, dude. And we don't we have no, we don't have anyone burning the defense right now. We we just signed Dion Kane, old old Clemson <laughs> guy. We talked about that while you were watching the Jordan. <clears throat> yeah. So basically. Let me say this. Last year, Marquise Brown couldn't participate in the NFL Combine, right? Yeah. Everybody was like, Hollywood Brown's the fastest guy in the upcoming draft. You know, he, he's like Tyreek Hill. I think if you want me to actually be serious and say someone is like Tyreek Hill speed-wise, Henry Ruggs is that. I think yeah. Henry Ruggs has legit, legit 4-2 speed. And the guy, if he could just, if he could just work on his route tree a little bit, you know, it's a lot of vertical. He's a big vertical threat, right? So, yeah. you know, he's going to burn it. He's going to take a top off the defense. But if he could just work on his route tree a little bit, he's got good hands. Um, he's a creative runner with the ball in his hands. Um, I just think if he can take some time and coaches can work with him, because Tyreek Hill is, he has that speed, but he's also a complete wide receiver too. He's good at contested catches. He, he, he uh, can play outside or inside. You run any route perfectly. Yeah. Good hands, good body control. He's a willing blocker at his size. Willing as blocker. Well. Yeah. To, even to be undersized. The guys, like, like you said, at his size, he's undersized. Um, yeah. But I think Henry Ruggs, can be as good as Tyreek Hill. Put it that way. I think uh, I, I didn't ever I didn't ever see it with Marquise Brown. I think Marquise Brown would be good. I think Henry Ruggs has more potential than Marquise Brown. Okay. I mean, I think Jerry Judy is Julio reincarnated. In the, okay. Yeah, hey, I'm, let me say this: guy. Jerry Judy is the best wide receiver prospect probably the last decade. Yeah, he's uh, he's unbelievable. His route running is elite. His, his hands he, are per. They're, they're his ready. separation, his agility, his um, feel for space, man. I mean, feel for just, space. His footwork um, is is unmatched. Mm-hmm. His lateral agility is excellent. Jerry Judy is such a complete he, wide receiver. Prospect. He beats the he beats the press. Oh, of course. so well. You can't hey, press. Good at hand you Can't press any of their guys. You can't get your hands on them. No, you can't. Um, but basically, I think, you know, you said that you think wide receivers the deepest. Yeah. Let, let me say this. I think I think you're probably right. You know, I was starting the uh, – earlier this year, I said that I thought the running – this running back class was unbelievably deep. And I went as far to say – and I still kind of stick with this. I think the potential for it is there. Obviously, you remember back in 2017 – you know that was probably what people consider now the greatest running back class of all time. You had Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, 
uh, Tariq Cohen, James uh, Connor, <laughs> James Connor, uh, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook. All of those guys came out. Okay, Unreal. I think it was uh, if I if I'm not mistaken, I think Chris Carson came out then too. Yeah, thank you. Um, but okay, so you got all of those guys. Is Joe Mixon that year? Joe Mixon is that year. You're right. So you just keep thinking of them. It's, <laughs> I'm, that, I'm just that going through the division. Insane. That draft it's, class was ridiculous. So basically, this is what I think. I think that uh, the upcoming ru- running back class. Okay, so you got DeAndre Swift, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, AJ Dillon, um, Najee Harris. Let's keep going. Let's see, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Um, God, I, know, I hate to keep saying. Um, just trying to go through them. I'm trying not to go pick up my phone and read through them because I have all my rankings on my phone. Um, <laughs> Oh, shit. I'm, I'm just going to do it anyway. Jonathan Taylor looks good, like he's going to be a good NFL guy, but he's another guy I'm worried about at 5'11", 220. I'm, I'm just looking at a draft board right now on the internet. So here it is. He, it, I, don't, I don't know how a guy's running. I mean, he's he was looking like a Heisman can earlier this year. Yeah, he's taking he a beating in college. So, so I got DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, whose yes. stock is skyrocketing. Right now, Najee Harris, Chuba Hubbard, Eno Benjamin, Zach Moss, Keyshawn Vaughn, Cam Akers, Trey Sermon, AJ Dillon, LaMichael P. Ryan. Okay, that group right there, I think they have the potential to make this class a better running back class than the 2017. But even though, even though, with that said, I, I will have to say now, after watching a lot of the tape and going over rankings and stuff like that, I do believe that this the wide receiver class is the is the deepest position. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there there are three guys from one team that could go anywhere between the first and the second round. That that's not normal. It's that's not. not normal. I mean, it, For it's three not. guys in the same system on the same team to get there enough is. looks and produce enough to go all of them by round two. They're going to be squabbling for those Alabama receivers. They're going to be it's squabbling for them. And here's something else. You, you watch, uh, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Tua, but, okay, you watch uh, you watch another team's highlights, right? Say you watch Joe Burrow, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're watching Joe Burrow highlights, you're watching uh, Joe Burrow highlights. You're watching, you know, he, he's having to – he throws his receivers open, right? Mm-hmm. That's not an issue for Tua. When you no. watch Tua, Tua's highlights, you're watching Alabama highlights. You're watching that system. His receivers are never – there is a guy always open. It, oh, that, dude. That, that if you can't find ta- – go yeah, ahead. If you can't find them open, if you can't find Alabama receivers open, Mac Jones is going to throw for you know three touchdowns this week, no problem. It's as bad as they were playing a non-conference team this year. And I can't remember, but Devonta Smith and, and Jerry Judy um, – we're playing rock paper scissors to to see who got to catch a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's incredible. A, that's it's to run. The, it's not. <laughs> it's just. It's to. It's it's for the route they wanted. They were just. They were saying he was going to line up where to get the go route because they knew it was going to be a touchdown. They're just going to yeah. blow the lid off, man. That it, that to me when I when I saw that I was like that is almost unfair that that a team has that luxury. It, it's crazy, man. But look, bro, what I'm going to do right now is, and for all you guys listening, I'm going to drop my top five overall players for TSR, all right? We're going to start out with number one. In the that is college? Chase Young. Yeah, in college. Okay. 
You know how hard it would be for me to choose uh, my top five players in the NFL? <laughs> uh, I don't even know if we want to go into that. God, I, I, you know what? We're going to do that on the next episode, actually. I'm going to put a lot of effort thought into that. Star but, that on your notes. I'm going to do that now, too. All right. Make sure you write it down. I'm all right. So, right now. Um, TSR's top five overall players. Uh, number one is Chase Young. Through eight games, this guy has 15, 15 and a half tackles for a loss and 13 and a half sacks. Um you know, he did get suspended. I think it was bullshit. You know, it's not my <laughs> yeah. call. It's not like my opinion matters. He paid just, that money back, man. It is paid bullshit. the money. Literally borrowed money to get his girlfriend to come watch him play a game and paid the money back. Whatever. Apparently, flew her out with the team. Screw yeah, that. literally should have. But basically, you got number two, okay? Chase Young's number one. Number two is Joe Burrow, okay? I think he's the best quarterback in the draft with or without Tua. I had Tua over him. After watching that game against Alabama, Joe Burrow has made his case clear he is the number one quarterback in the upcoming draft, okay? The guy's been unstoppable since he last lost to Alabama. He's got 3,700 yards, 36 touchdowns to six interceptions, and he's the Heisman front runner. So, number two, that is your spot, Joe Burrow. You're going to stay there. Um, you're not going to get over Chase Young at any point, so you better just get comfortable at number two. Uh, <laughs> number three is going to be Jerry Judy. He's the best wide receiver prospect in the last 10 years, like I said earlier. He's such a complete prospect. He's got 64 receptions, 870 yards, and nine touchdowns right now. Um, I expect him. This guy has enough talent to go in the top five. You know, the last – uh, wide receiver who went in the top five was Corey Davis. Okay, and Corey Davis wasn't isn't nearly the prospect as a complete prospect as Jerry Judy is. So uh, just keep that in mind. Number four for me is Jeffrey Okuda. Jeffrey Okuda is the cornerback uh, at Ohio State. He is the most complete cornerback prospect probably since Jalen Ramsey. He's six foot one, two hundred pounds. Excels in press coverage. He's physical, has excellent hand usage and footwork. This guy is an animal. He put him in the NFL right now. He's not going to struggle to contain these quarterbacks. He's not going to um, struggle to jam receivers at the line. He is everything that an NFL um, coach wants in his cornerback. Okay. And last but not least, at number five is Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson. Very, very versatile athlete. Gives offenses fits. He played safety last year and made a seamless transition to linebacker this year. Um, he's one of those hybrid players you can throw in anywhere and is scheme versatile. So I think um, the you know versatileness in his game um, is what makes him such a a highly valued player, and that's why he comes in number five for me. I like but, it. But Bo, it's been awesome tonight, man. Um, Love doing episode one with you. We're going to hit some snags every now and then. Um, you know, I'm looking for this to be a good time. It's uh, a guys, process, like, brother. Exactly, exactly. Guys, like I said, you can ask me any questions you want to. DM me on Twitter. Like I said, my Twitter handle is at ScoutingLLC. Okay? You can find me there. Go follow TSR on Instagram, okay? We're going to have some more uh, more stuff coming out there soon for you to see. Uh, give me some likes. You can find me on Instagram at scouting underscore LLC. And if you want to email me, any uh, any players out there, any guys, um, small school guys that want to get their film looked at, reviewed, uh, want scouting reports, want some promotional work done for you, come my way. Let TSR take care of you, all right? 
Um, you can get in touch with me at um, not at find me at my email scoutingbreakdown at gmail.com. Okay, so I appreciate it, guys. Bo, go ahead and give them your uh, your handle on Twitter and where they can find you at with your writing. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate y'all listening tonight. It's been a good time recording this first episode with you, Jacob. I'm really excited to to keep doing this. This hour and a half flew like it was nothing. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at capital T S R lowercase B E A U T S R bow. Uh, I do a little contributing writing for last word on pro football for the Steelers for their Steelers end of their website. You can find the link to my stuff in my bio, sometimes pinned to my profile. Just give it a look, give it a read. Uh, if I get a certain amount of clips, I get a little money for a little chunk of change. So, uh, give me a look if you can. And, and I appreciate y'all listening. All right, guys. Well, Bo, I got to get to bed, man. Been a long night. Yeah. I'm talking football with you, buddy. So uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to try to make this a, you know, hit it on the same mark every week. So uh, be looking for another episode to come out next Thursday or next Friday. All right. I appreciate you guys. And, uh, yep, that's it. TSR is out. Thanks. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pod where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of mass significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome cause it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. All that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go. Well, I got the dollar, get it, put it in you. Feeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue.